WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. Uh, Jeff in the studio with uh, Ben Udishan. And if you look behind me, uh, there is Flick just up to all kinds of madness and chaos. One of my one of my kittens just decided that they wanted to uh, just break everything today. So it's going to be one of those kind of shows. This is reminding me that um, all this talk about how Gen Z is going to save us. Yeah. No. They're gonna ruin no, us. No, they're they're dead-eyed psychos. Just cat. like they're they're dead-eyed psychos that play Fortnite twenty-four-seven is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're inventing new agendas uh, and new ways to exterminate us. Yeah. So. Exactly. So we're screwed. Uh, so yeah. uh, what's going on, man? It's uh, oh, post-election man. time. Yeah. We we had post an election. election time. We had a post-election show uh, go up. Uh, actually, that's probably gonna be going up as of recording pretty soon, um, but. Wanted to catch your thoughts on it, mostly because sure. you're feeling particularly doomery about it. And I just, I just love that kind of content. You know, I can't get enough of it. So we're gonna well, exploit I'm not, that. I'm not doomery. Mm -hmm. I'm cautious. Uh -huh. I'm depressively cautious. Mm -hmm. Let's say because I, um, yeah. So like, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's just like some like. You remember two thousand eight. You know, I remember 2008, man. Like, and I have to say, like, I'm getting real 2008 vibes. Yeah. And, you know, the only difference between this is that I'm married. Like, that's the only difference mm -hmm. um, between then and now. Well, I mean, I, I dropped out of college between then. But, mm -hmm. um, like, I, I'm very glad that Trump lost. Yeah. I am incredibly glad that people will stop talking about Trump, yes. especially. Trump has been, I, um, and this is why I uh, was not a, like, you know, accelerationist or, like, you need to vote third party. Like, I'm in the Adolf Reed camp of, um, you got to clean the damn toilet. Yeah. Just because Trump was just, like, a gigantic turd. Yeah. That no one flushed and just kept talking about and and everyone just kept talking about yeah. how bad this turd was and then all the reasons why this turd is there and then some people were saying that that turd is actually blood when they were saying that trump is like mm -hmm. this kind of political you know like you know like trump was just and i i feel like we're at a point now i mean who knows maybe he'll refuse to leave the white house maybe we'll have maybe this the civil war is right around the corner mm -hmm. right I just don't feel like we're actually there. Like as bad as things are, think about where America was and how the political system was before this, the civil war. So I, I really feel like the comparisons to that and to Weimar Germany, mm -hmm. like things got to get worse. Like things are bad, but things are could would have to get worse for that. Yeah. So to me, I'm just really feeling, I'm feeling annoyed by li liberal triumphalism. Mm -hmm. 
I'm feeling annoyed at how quickly the Democratic Party is punching left. Oh, like instantaneously. They were doing it before the election had ended, even. But, yeah. Like that, but right? they, like, then they had that. So let's 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 actually get into. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So, so lay it out like you were just doing before. I'm sorry, I interrupted sure, sure, sure. you. No, 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 no. But, on. but, but then we can get specifically into it. So, you're you're annoyed about the triumphalism. You're annoyed about the left punching, and what else are you annoyed about? Um, I'm annoyed about the hysteria. Honestly, yeah. I'm annoyed about the sort of um, the uh, not hyper normalization. That's the opposite, really. Yeah. Because in some ways, like Trump, you know, that whole hyper normalization that documentaries. I haven't seen that for so long. I mm-hmm. I feel like I might have. I might be misremembering even what that really means, yeah. but like, I feel like we are both in a moment of things being that are incredibly bad mm-hmm. and are like, you know, like pushing back on social revolutions that are like older than all of us are re trenching, like mm-hmm. old, older than like, ed, like our grandparents yeah. are re trenching um, in the forms of like labor and, um, you know, generalized social and economic inequality. Um, And I also just kind of feel like everyone created such, because Trump was such a magnet for attention, it totally distorted everything. Mm -hmm. And as much as people love to say, and honestly, I think a lot of leftists did this. I'm maybe I'm punching left now. Who knows? Maybe I'm being that guy. You know? <laughs> Who knows? Dare you? I'm. Uh, I've become what I hate. But like, everyone became so fixated on Trump mm-hmm. and on sort of a narrative that was very built on a kind of hysteria. And I think a lot of that could would uh, manifest itself in critiques of him about him being like a uniquely authoritarian kind of right winger uh-huh. or like a uniquely racist even kind of um, political leader or who had a power base that was even that different than the average Repo- Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Like, and then of course there's the whole, is he a fascist thing, which I always thought miss, missed the point mm-hmm. because it never paid attention to sort of what historically fascism depended on and it seemed like a perfect way to empower the people who eventually historically actually helped give leeway to fascism yeah so um uh, uh, yeah yeah it, it obscures that, that that bringing that up obscures more than it clarifies just sort of like using the f word like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it really does and i just feel like I just feel like we have kind of gotten high on our own supply. Um, and by we, I don't necessarily mean exactly me, but I definitely mean liberals and a lot of leftists and whatever a left liberal is, that's what everyone calls someone that they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't like. The rad um, libs. The rad lib or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I don't even, I don't, I don't really like. I using, hate that term. Like, I, I hate it because honestly, what we need to say is just call people what they are. And that's and that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like just say progressive Democrats kind of fell for that. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. But I do kind of I just feel like a sense of try try triumphalism. And I feel a sense of that we are already not learning the lessons about Trump. And the exact yeah. same pattern is happening with the left and social justice movements and socialists and abolitionists even everyone's falling into the same cycle where they get so enamored 
with how bad the right wing leader is and they become so fixated on it and they just become a a chip that is tossed in this literally before the election is called, uh-huh. you know, and this is also like especially annoying to me just sort of seeing how poorly the Biden campaign um, did with a lot of demographics that are supposed to be the people who they've been hyper focused on in a lot of rhetoric. But it's just reminding me of how disconnected a lot of rhetoric and posturing around uh, working people, around people of color Mm -hmm. has been basically just not like the fact that Democrats and this is not like a like pro or anti identity politics thing to me. What it just comes down to is the fact that honestly, Democrats haven't done shit for anyone on the side of that, you know, that sort of intra lefty debate, honestly. Yeah. And what I'm realizing is they will they will never do that unless they're like absolutely forced to. And the thing that's really bothering me is how poorly run the Biden campaign was when it came to doing things that they basically were able to win certain states because of external external groups like when you hear about what happened in michigan and you hear about what happened in georgia like i would say some of those wins are way more on the left side of the party than Mm -hmm. um they will be given credit for and you you mean that stacy abrams isn't like a a marxist (laughs) right yeah well like like that like why why is everything about like we can talk about the the fetishization of like black people by white liberals in general that is weird and um sort of makes people into just an anonymous blob mm-hmm. but then this let's say specifically focusing on the, how they have focused purely on stay uh, see abrams winning georgia like I have a feeling there's a lot of people who are working their ass off in uh, Georgia who would disagree. Yeah. And, and, no? and she, in, f- in fact, it seemed that, that Stacey Abrams herself disagreed. Like she had yeah. basically shouted out union organizers on the ground more than anything else. Uh, specifically, right. you know, like Unite Here in the Georgia AFL-CIO. Um, yeah, and then totally. all this exactly. While, um, like literally, uh, in Minnesota and in Michigan, to states that we needed and it, like for, let me not undersell like winning a southern state that's a big effing deal right yeah. winning georgia and, and having that become a democrat state for you know the first time since i don't know yeah <laughs> well which which i i i think and i'm i'm sure you probably have your own experience of this i mean mm-hmm. southern cities are radically changing yeah and a lot of sort of People who, you know, um, you know, so much gentrification, so much gentrification. And as some of the exit polls are showing, Mm -hmm. that actually helps Democrats, Uh you know, you know, in in at least some context, the kinds of people who would be gentrifiers, maybe not the people who always make that amount of money. Yeah. But like, yeah. So it's like these 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 urban areas are changing a lot. And it's and like, I'm glad that Biden won Georgia. Mm -hmm. But like, I also feel like there's this weird triumphalism and it's ignoring the actual left well and it's, well, uh, it's literally again. ignoring like so in michigan and minnesota there was no basically no on the ground campaign and Nothing. like if biden doesn't win those two states he don't win the election 
right? No. If you if you lose Michigan, you lose Minnesota. I mean, maybe mathematically it might have worked out with Pennsylvania or whatever. Yeah. Like it ended up being a lot more lopsided than we had thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, there was a critical door knocking operation in both of those states, organized not entirely, but mm-hmm. in large part by AOC. I mean, not AOC, but AOC's squad members, mm-hmm. uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar in Michigan and. Um, and um, my two favorite people in uh, Congress. Yeah, two two of the best. I love I love both. I I have a thing for the uh, upper Midwest. I went to college there for a bit. But the thing becomes like, where's the memes of them? Like with the with with the cringe memes and and like, uh, by the way, I don't want the cringe memes of them, honestly, with their, you know, uh, maybe it's good. Yeah, the the infinity gauntlet and snapping their fingers and destroying like MAGA chuds or whatever. But I mean, like the point is that, like, what the point is that, like, there's so much like recognition that's going like specifically to Stacey Abrams, and like, no, I'm not even like taking anything away from her to to be clear no. on this point. I mean, I have disagreements or politics are not my politics. Michael Brooks used to always say, yeah. um, and she should be the governor Atlas of Georgia Shrunk right now. Is not the best Ayn Rand book. <laughs> it's obviously anthem. That's the biggest that's disagreement that I have. Um, yeah, right. With her, um, but anyway, my point here is that like. Why are they showering her with credit that is potentially even legitimate and justified, and they're completely icing out these other two people who yeah. who yeah. organized armies of volunteers? You know, yeah. it, well, and and yeah, and, and like going beyond credit, like the thing that really is bothering me is just the fact that just more than ever, and like you know, you see it in like two of these Senate races to like the Amy McGrath mm-hmm. campaign. Oh my God. Jamie Don't Harrison get me started campaigns. on that. Like those, those two, I would recommend um, Daniel Bessner and Amber Frost wrote an article in Jacobin. I know Amber's bad. Um, Amber's whatever. good. I don't, I like Amber. Sorry. Um, but that like, there is, um, it's just more than ever. I just feel like these, these high profile democratic, um, uh, yeah, electoral campaigns are just slush funds for consultants. So let's, let's, I mean, let's, let's is, unpack that really quick and say what yeah. exactly happened there. So um, sure. about $100 million were, was raised for the Amy McGrath campaign. And she, so essentially she had a, a primary challenger uh, in the name of Charles Booker who was coming on very, very, very strongly in the months leading up to um, in the months leading up to the primary election mm-hmm. and nearly won. Like this was one nearly of those won. situations where uh, and he's got like quite like squad level politics and he was very strong on uh, uh, after the George Floyd murders and he got extremely popular um, based off of, in part, that in Kentucky and also some incidents that happened there. Um, and the Democratic Party, essentially, including like things like the Lincoln Project, raised, who had been running her to lose, I think she lost like two years ago in a, in a House race, uh, Amy McGrath. Yeah. She's one of these like, uh, she's literally a pro-Trump Democrat. Yeah, <laughs> like she, she ran, run- she ran ads in media markets that were that were next to oh that were in Ohio, yeah, critical swing states. Swing I state. thought I thought we cared about John Kasich, mm-hmm. which who also didn't de- uh, 
liver, mm-hmm. you know, and a, a, about how how Trump is actually good mm-hmm. from a Democrat mm-hmm. in uh, the against the as everyone loves to say, basically Cheeto Mussolini, but actually more racist for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like like everything, like Cheeto everything Mussolini, that Lord. they would even like. This is like the most pure version of like things that honestly like they accuse the left of doing just by like saying like like you know if they mention kids in cages just bringing up like deportations under obama you might as well be like you know hanging out with richard spencer which ironically a lot of the liberals who would say that had hung out with him that's another Mm -hmm. conversation but yeah like who voted democrat this time by the way yeah exactly um and um it's kind of weird to be to have voted for the same guy uh, as him, but you know, I guess uh, politics makes strange bad fellows. Um, y- um, you see, like, and and, and I, I feel like the Amy McGrath campaign is like the perfect example of mm-hmm. this because it just seemed like all that they were focused on doing was raising a shit ton of money from um, rich liberals who have no connection to the state they just saw people hate mitch mcconnell but they didn't think about how you actually beat mitch mcconnell it was just about we have someone that can appeal to um what they think what a rich liberal who who has never been to kentucky has Mm -hmm. never been to the south would think a person from kentucky would like maybe Mm -hmm. and just raise as much money as humanly possible and spend it all on media buys, which are have bigger kickbacks and make more money for the consultants due to the structures of the business. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just juicing the oranges, cycle. juicing the lemons, it's, like just using honestly, it up. Yeah, yeah, and it just like this is why like we cannot base how effective or how good of a candidate someone is purely based off of how much money they uh, raise. If all they're gonna do is to give kickbacks to the shitty consultants and also help, you know, right-wing Republicans who think mm-hmm. Trump is icky build a media empire. Yeah. I'm sorry. If that is what this is this is for, you don't want me then. You don't want a lot of people. You don't want to win. Well, let's, and, we'll get into that part in a second. They're not wanting yeah. us on in the constituency for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're, like, I think that like like on the question or on the point that you brought up earlier of liberal triumphalism they're like like sure Biden won that's Trump not replace like Trump Trump replacing Biden as president and beating him and getting you know seemingly I think it was what about 300 electoral votes or something um yeah that's a big deal and that's that's in the preponderance good however Four million ele- uh, popular votes, but like again, Correct. whatever. Well, so did Hillary. Hillary won by like like the same. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but I guess my point here is that at the same time, because and, and and I'm not the only person saying this, this was supposed to be this election was supposed to be a huge deal in terms of yes. flipping the, or, or like growing the Democrats majority in the house and, and gaining a majority potentially in the Senate and, and being able to govern, to yeah, govern yeah. in a leftward direction, right? not even from the left, just Co- like away from whatever the fuck we've been doing. 
Right. And also, like, I thought the whole thing was that because of COVID, like, honestly, what what I and a reason why I'm so despondent about this is it's just a reminder that I don't think the Democratic Party is going to change overnight. And, no. um, like <laughs> That's a pretty safe even, bet, Chief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, I don't think they're I, like, I don't even know if they're going to change in 20 years, 20 years, honestly. In time yeah. to save the but, earth. Like, but like what this was a reminder of, especially seeing how well Trump did with lots of demographics mm-hmm. that a working class based and like a like, I don't know, just like a social democratic kind of approach mm-hmm. could appeal to. He did. They, they lost with mm-hmm. and, you know, like they lost with um, with like not, you know, it's there was this argument, you know, over like who won the working class. And that's like an annoying so conversation. Boring. It's really boring because honestly, neither of them won it because it was really close. Mm-hmm. And that is the hard reality. I think for mm-hmm. a lot of people to accept, but like, I think what this showed though, is that if we didn't have COVID Biden would have lost or very, very likely that he would have lost. I mean, I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost of the opinion that like COVID, like, like maybe you're right. Maybe COVID was even, maybe COVID wasn't even a factor. If you know what I mean, maybe, maybe it would have been the same. Like who well, knows? I mean, like the fact was, that, that Trump didn't get steamrolled and destroyed, but like in the midst of like, what, how many people have died of COVID now? Like, like half a million yeah, or something? Getting, like, like running up on that number. And it's yeah, like, like spiking really really hard right now um like the fact that that is not the case the fact that 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 there's no um sorry it's like, a quarter it's a quarter million quarter million sorry. people that's a lot i mean you know you're only that's off a lot by, of people yeah that's, that's a lot of people uh when you get into the you know quarters half million i mean this is already huge yeah. huge units that we're using however like in the midst of that you lose house seats you lose senate seats and like again the he, he Biden they, the, the entire campaign was to focus solely on Trump at the ex, mm-hmm. at, at the expense of every single down ballot race because essentially if you but have I complete, thought if you uh, if if you had someone that wasn't Joe Biden they would have done worse right mm-hmm. that, that's why they did they didn't nominate Bernie right he would right. have hurt down ballot we would have lost seats wow. Uh, <laughs> We and the thing is now the argument is is it's like a non-falsifiable thing. It's well we would have lost more. Yeah, it's just always the case. It's like always yeah. the fact you that you can never win. And we would have lost more. And to to so so against again, so there was the expectation that the the Democrats could and it was very likely because a lot of Republican seats were were up. Uh, in the midst of all this, that they would win a, win a Senate majority and improve on the House majority, and they lost seats in the House. Uh, every member of the squad and everybody that ran on a like democratic socialist, social democratic sort of like leftish agenda, and the places that they did won solidly. It's extremely popular, and as I mentioned before, folks were um, folks like Rashida and Ilan were able to. Uh, turn out people to show up as a, and as opposed to the completely passive strategy of like phone banking and um, and media buys. Um, yeah, that that proved to be a failure. And so and and this is the thing. The Democrat, the Democrat sort of like not even necessarily the platform. the the platform actually has like 
decent stuff in it, but the 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 way that they sell themselves is essentially you're never gonna get nothing. Don't look at us. Mm-hmm. If we offered you yeah. anything, um, we're we're gonna lose, and we can win this. We got it. And so what what was proven, in my view, and I think you would agree with me, um, that both of those things are untrue. You need to offer people something in order to get them to show up to vote, even though there were high numbers. A lot of, yeah. However, but you, I, I, I think there's an uh, to get them to vote for you have to that. Yeah, to vote for you because there's there's another aspect. You could finish your thing, but I want to talk uh-huh. about like passion and strength and confidence. Let's as, let's do it after the thing that's missed. Yeah, yeah, we can we can circle back, but but essentially getting people to, to show up to vote for you one, and then two. That Democrats have some kind of like secret strategy, magical sauce that they can have that they're they they got it. They have it under they have it under control. That has been proven to be uh, a complete and utter lie as well. So they not only do they, do they not offer anything to working people, the idea that they can win is completely blown up. Yeah, be- because it all hinges on a very particular outcome Mm -hmm. but the thing is because they won by enough Mm -hmm. it sort of is just going to be shoved under the rug you know Mm -hmm. there was a uh and we can talk yeah so like two there's there's two things god Mm -hmm. i have not i've just been like holding all these thoughts and let it rip this week just kind of like marinating but Mm -hmm. like so i think part of it is that yes there was higher voter turnout and that is another reason why i was very disappointed because it it and also frustrated because to me, and maybe it's good, maybe it's good because it will, it's so hard to have people necessarily take the like right lesson for what I think will actually win. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there is a, it's a reminder that we can't just hack and reform the system to where it'll just magically happen. Right. Demographics are destiny or That's whatever. That's just so lazy. You know, if, if only we had the same uh, electoral system as Australia does, mm-hmm. which also has a shitty center-right leader. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if only we had, you know, Canada, if only we had the same way as Brazil, which actually has, like, a very... <laughs> leader, you know, apparently. Maybe, yeah, fascist exactly. is, maybe fascist is the wrong term. I don't know. But he's very, I don't he's very right-wing populist in, in so far yeah. as that thing exists. I, I, I think he's he's closer just to the fact that there mm-hmm. is like actual like street a lot more street violence yeah. and like militias and shit there that like mm-hmm. actually control stuff. Regardless, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot closer. Yeah, I don't um, get hung up on that. There's also the whole thing. Sorry to my Catholic brethren. There's like that like Catholic fascism kind of thing that's <laughs> gonna happen in Latin America. Whoa! So, but. Sorry, sorry. I again, I uh, love, I love my like Marxist Catholics, but <laughs> no, no offense. Some of the yeah. other ones, not so much. Um, but like, there's uh, the fact that we had such high voter turnout, and we saw that actually, um, there's all these different demographics, like African American men and Latinos, which then, of course made a bunch of the people who are mm-hmm. so wedded to essentialist narratives about identities have a meltdown and be like, actually, Latino doesn't exist. Like, yes, you're right. We've been saying that for a long time. Thank you. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Sorry. Or in so far as it does exist, it's like a huge spectrum of things. It's, yes, a, it's, a, it's, exactly. a, it's a whole, like, 
it's 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 it, if you just like unpack that term even for a little bit, you know, yeah, you, like if totally. you talk about like, and I don't want to get like too 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 into it, but like, are people who migrated from um, who speak Spanish who came from like um, Spain who are literally mm-hmm. white Europeans, and somebody yeah. who came from like. Who's a refugee from Honduras, and who is also like another person who is a, yeah. um, you know, somebody who fled Castro in in uh, Cuba. Like, are those the same thing? Absolutely or the not. hottest, the hottest take mm-hmm. I've heard is that we should actually include not just people who speak Spanish, and, and then of course there's the whole thing you add in Portuguese, which like two Brazilians makes just, zero sense. Just all like, the romance. in Brazil, they actually have like a again Brazil has a lot of problems. Have a much more complex idea of race than mm-hmm. like what language do you speak? Yeah, um, and uh, or the really hot take, which I think you might uh, appreciate, living in Cajun country, is are Cajuns and Haitians are they Latinos? Oh because hell yeah! A romance, a language that came from vulgar Latin. Oh my god! You just know, make it. Just make that the, a just, Latino. Just just like, lump in more groups to no. make it even more incoherent. Yeah, do that. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our, <laughs> totally um, our removed Filipino from... Latinos. You know, like. <laughs> It's it's just a kind of ridiculous thing, right? Totally and, I mean, remove it, it from anything. Not it's not even identity. It's not even identity. No. It's not material, okay. and it's not identity. <laughs> just say a nationality and move the fuck on. Or whatever. Like, whatever. Like, it's really not that hard. Yeah. Like like just say Mexican American. <laughs> it's really not that hard. Like it's re- like I I promise. Stop like, erasing. I, I stop erasing Latino identity. <laughs> I know, I know. Or, or I the 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 other flip is: Do we do this now with people who come from places where they speak Slavic languages mm-hmm. or Germanic lang- languages or like Indo-Iranian languages? Like, are we gonna do this for everything now? Are we gonna have the Uralic people mm-hmm. people? So we're gonna segment people who are from finland and hungary and like siberia you know i'm just saying like i'm sure they all think alike that's being silly i'm sure they all think alike you know like like when you think about americans they're all the same right that's a group right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just so so ridiculous it's just like you have this giant like if you're trying to say that latinos if we're going to use the term which is fine I mean, like, I, I don't have a, an, an argument with the, the with the term in, a, in, a, in an isolated sense, but like, as a political identity, they that is not coherent. And, and when you, when you use the term, like Adolf Reed will say this, when you use the term black as a um, to describe a political entity or a political identity, that's not a thing. Right. Herman Cain yeah, totally. was a was a black man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? He was a right wing Kansas Kansas Owens. Like like all of these people yeah. fall into that category. And it's just sort of like or like thinking of them as a political like block is really yeah. really strange. At well, least in terms of like they're all mention, one thing. Well, and not to mention the ways that there are there are people of African descent who come from all different stratas of, right. of places, maybe you know like you know, the whole AADOS thing. Yeah. Like Again, like it's it's these are much more complicated. And mm-hmm. honestly, I'm glad that people are like recognizing this at least in tiny groups. What I'm worried about with some of this stuff, honestly, though, is this weird like liberal racism 
like like they were joking on i think like chapo or something about how like they were trying to make some reason saying that like the reason why certain people in south of texas voted for trump is that they want to bring santa anna back you know like what the fuck what the hell man like i'm just saying like maybe it's just a little bit more complicated than that right and, exactly. um you know like it's 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 just funny to me and like i wish we could get every little bit of data to figure out like okay so people who are of um you know quote unquote minority groups who normally don't who normally vote democratic who voted for trump this time what's their like what's their relationship to the to the means of production right do they own a small bit like are they a petit bourgeois that would make sense but people are making these assumptions that we can't really tell yeah but the main things that we can tell is that in a lot of ways, we're just sort of being de-aligned mm -hmm. along racial categories in mm -hmm. politics, and we're being de-aligned along class categories mm -hmm. in politics. And it's becoming harder to tell, I think, like some people are saying it's just becoming like culture. And yeah. I don't even know if it's that. Well, like it's it's almost getting to a point to me where it's like it's like psych psychological, which as like a Marxist, I feel disgusting saying. No, well, but I guess you know, like, but uh, it's, like, like Matt politics would say, are not material. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. Like it was a, a Matt like Matt Christman would say, and we need to get him on and talk about this. Uh the dematerialization yeah. of uh, politics essentially it becomes mm -hmm. it, it, it essentially becomes a part of the culture like like this is not my idea he's been the one that i've seen talking about this more than anything uh to the fact that like right now like like and this speaks to the approach that the democrats take which is to offer nothing which conf which which I mean, we know that the we know what the Republicans are going to do. They're not going to offer anything either, other than you know, uh, hate and you know, more tax breaks for the wealthy, right? But the Democrats kind of like position themselves to as the like party of the good people or whatever. And what right. they end up doing and like in function is the same exact thing. They do the exact same thing. They take, uh, and, and, and this is what uh, we could go back to Adolf again, if we're going to keep citing him, you know, he says the Democrats keep offering up bubble gum in hard times and they're all out of gum. Right. So essentially mm -hmm. you're taking any kind of opportunity to change the political situation of working people off the table and it becomes yeah. entirely culture 100 percent culture and like the thing is like even the culture stuff is like not even related to like mm -hmm. people's experience mm -hmm. like that's that's the crazy thing is it's like i'm you know i'm i don't know if i would call myself an artist but like i'm a i'm a musician it's i bad love culture. culture it's bad culture I, yeah like like i love culture culture and i think culture can be very powerful in experience mm -hmm. in expressing these these experiences of people's lives but more and more it feels more disconnected mm -hmm. you know and maybe it's because you need that hybrid maybe that's why like i still like keep keep on going back to that that kinks album mm -hmm. arthur i i don't know why just it's yeah. i don't know if you know that one but um it's uh what songs know, it's about, are like, there the rising uh shangri-la mm -hmm. victoria um uh, a few other ones but it's it's like kind of like a concept album about basically okay. a world war one veteran the end of the british empire being sort of promised the promised land in australia i'm about and, to give that a listen uh, 
it's very powerful to me. It's the songs are really good, but like, just because like it, it was, it was able to not like, it didn't feel like it was like trying to speak for someone that they were, it was like from like a like British person's perspective. It wasn't like trying to speak, you know, it wasn't doing that weird, like, I don't know, I just think at the adores when like fucking Jim Morrison would act like he had like the spirit of like an indigenous man inside of him. You know, <laughs> a little like bit cringe he there. spoke about All right, we lost Ben for a minute, but he's back. I'm back. Hello, everybody. Hi. Yeah, sorry. I was going on my uh, I realized actually I just I ranted about that album for like a really long time before I noticed you you were gone. So I wasn't the one that was um, gone. I was still here. You were the one that was gone. I know. I know. You were you were gone to me. If every I only have Internet trouble specifically when I'm with you. It's yeah. like the only time. I have really good internet, I promise. <laughs> but, you know, I just was talking about that Kinks album, Arthur. It's like one of my favorites. But just because it's it's like a thing that is political without being overtly political that tells a story mm-hmm. that is not like a, like annoyingly cloying or mm-hmm. something. It's like much better than like Tommy or some shit. Like Sorry. <laughs> I do not. Sorry, Who fans. I like, I like the Who. I just don't yeah. like Tommy. Yeah. Um, I just think it's dumb. Ableist often. <laughs> Yeah, right. Shit, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> no, it's it's because know, it was to- tokenizing. It was the yeah. magic, the magic blind. Also, he was obviously. also he was a faker. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, but just like how how like I don't even think um a, a lot of like I don't know. I'm sure there is some amazing culture and art that is doing this, but mm-hmm. it is not. I think um it is not replace it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, the reason why I think um, Arthur is an interesting album um, is because it came out in 1969. It was a reaction to, nice. um, yeah, to like the like you know the end of the sixties and mm-hmm. sort of I think certain Nixon. kinds of like youth. Nick's, you know, I, I don't, you know, the, the problem is it was written in the time when the Kinks were banned from the U.S., oh, so yeah. it was like a very British centric thing Mm -hmm. but it it was written kind of as you know british politics was changing and becoming more and more about them reckoning with the fact that they are not a global Mm -hmm. hegemon in any way anymore yeah and it it was sort of coming to terms with with that from the perspective of someone who basically bought in Mm -hmm. and hated it you know pre-thatcher like the pre-thatcher like Mm -hmm. setting the table for her even like the 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 prelude to neoliberalism yeah yeah it was sort of yeah there is kind of no uh, future and our past wasn't that great either Mm -hmm. um you know and uh but i uh wonder if you know if this sort of dematerialization of politics that we're sort of seeing just in the fact that like more and more these kinds of demographics um and you know social relationships are feeling less and less applicable to people's political understanding and Mm -hmm. space and like i would uh, say that a large part of the left is even that because i think a large part of the left is not really of the working class in the way that um we would like to think we Mm -hmm. are you know um and then there is the whole conversation about what is working class anymore and i don't know it's a really tough thing interminable conversation that one is interminable conversation because it's you can just be like an orthodox marxist Uh, about it and realize that it's most people and move the fuck on yeah um 
or you can be like an annoying scold who needs it to be exactly people who work with their hands. That's or me. You could be an annoying scold. Yeah. Or you could be like an annoying scold who is like, that is only people who, when, when you say working class, I only think of white people. So that means you're racist. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, whoa, whoa, dude. Whoa. <laughs> like, wait a minute, man. I did not say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, if, if that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'll say, People who have jobs, okay, nah. are you happy? Yeah. You know, um, I, I take but, the I take the the vulgar line more than anything yeah. on that. The old school, like, 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 seriously, yeah. if you're not in the ruling class, if you don't, like, I mean, obviously, there's more to it. On a, uh, like, if you get if you dig down to it, I guess, like, at, at, at certain levels, but fundamentally, like. If you're not the ruling class, if you don't control the means of production in your in your capitalist society, which is what we have, then right. you are at least, you know, working class falls outside of that. And basically, right. I am a maximalist, to put it in that sense, uh, yeah. in terms of who's in versus who's out. If that makes if that makes any kind of sense, that makes sense uh-huh. to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, I do just seeing some of these demo uh, graphics. I actually think I had this up of the um, yeah of the different demographics of who won what. God damn it! Did I lose it? I think I lost it. It's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it. People, mm-hmm. um, just of of like who uh, won what demo graphics like you know like basically republicans and democrats were inc- actually like there's all this talk like matt taibbi wrote a piece and you know i i i'm iffy on taibbi some of the times mm-hmm. i think he's really great and some of the times i just feel like he's i don't know it's complicated yeah. with taibbi i saw him on his most recent episode of his show i he was wearing a really bad hat so i was like Ooh, oh i don't know that's the, you know that i was i was i was good for him until just now until you you know if, yeah. you're, not, if you weren't if you're if if you were in a fedora and you're not a Orthodox Jewish man selling <laughs> diamonds in Brooklyn, if if you're Yikes. not uh, if you're not Harry from Night Court, except you're on Cheers, exactly. What was exactly. his, what was his like, name? Oh my God, what was his name on Cheers? I, I can't remember. I Gosh, I do not know. I do not know. But like he was making this case. I you're think googling. Kinda... You're googling stats uh, from the election, and I'm googling what was Harry from Night Court's name yeah. on Cheers. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but like he was, uh, uh, you know, making some point about how, you know, like, um, you know, who is the party of the working class? And the question the was, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. And. Um, you know, and then he like he had like some tweet from Josh Hawley who said like we are now a working class party. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that he's not like, wrong. He's not wrong, but he's also not right. Yeah, it's because there is no work. Exactly. Class party. So like... and it's and it's not just ideological. It's that there is no party that has a large enough share of whatever you would call mm-hmm. working class to say that they own that demographic mm-hmm. or that they uniquely represent the values or impression of that, mm-hmm. regardless of your definition of working class, regardless of your definition. If it has a relationship to who to who went to college that- or not to. Um, if you make under fifty thousand dollars, if you make, you know, between fifty and one hundred thousand dollars, it's really not that different mm-hmm. between these different groups as much as people would sort of 
Like I was seeing this argument. Matt says that too. Matt, Matt Christman says that when he, that, that the yeah. biggest dividing line is the whether or not you went to college. He calls it finishing I, school. I kind of disagree with yeah, him on and, that, but well, I I disagree with him on that just in the sense, and he he has enough, enough caveats where I feel like it's not really a strong definition to be honest, mm-hmm. because he also mentions that a lot enough people will go to that and then just react a, a, yeah. against it. Yeah, and what it really is is it's just um it it's again like it it's 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 really hard to uh, reach scientifically because in a a lot of ways, especially as like the only other groups that really, I think, had much stronger shifts in particular ways were sort of a few religious groups and mm-hmm. a few, you know, racial categories, which, again, is vague to a point to where you're not really focusing on like who those people are like, who knows, maybe a big reason why Trump did better with um uh, African-Americans was he did really well with Nigerians. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, like there's enough iffy things in the statistics. But the thing that I'm just noticing is that I don't feel like it's close enough Mm -hmm. to be an extreme in anything to where we can really say that about anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's to me that shows an opening for the left Mm -hmm. in that these are this is up for grabsy enough to where there's enough that you can take to where those votes that you take will sort of double because it'll Mm -hmm. be a vote for you and a vote away from them. But I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it seems like the takes were flying and people are already committing to the takes that they made before all the data was in. Here's and it's one. even more inconclusive. Here's one. Uh, what if it's, uh, what if like another cross section of this is uh, rural versus urban? That's another one. I think mm-hmm. that is actually the closest one to mm-hmm. an actual, um, to an actual thing. And the problem with that for a lot of people is that rural versus urban is um, a lot more diverse econ- economically yeah. and more diverse racially than I think a lot of uh, mm-hmm. people would like to think as well. Uh, um, so, and, yeah, and, but and is- also that can kind of like justify the Democrats' fight for the suburbs in a certain way mm-hmm. um, yeah. by sort of like reducing it down, saying like, well, if the rural goes to the Republicans and the in the um, urban, we're going to win the cities no matter what. Then the only thing that we have in you know in bounds, we we could just ignore the rural areas, uh, which they've right. definitely freaking done, and just say, well, yeah. suburbs, here we come, and not yep. all suburbs even like strategically choosing suburbs in particular areas in particular states, like only some suburbs in some swing states, you know, stuff like that. Cause they're not doing shit uh, to contend for the suburbs in like where I'm at in Louisiana. You right. know, <laughs> they don't do anything for and that. Republicans aren't doing shit for the suburbs where I am. Yeah. You know? Cause they just gave it up. It's just like, yeah. we only care about these, you know, 12 states or whatever. And that's probably being, yeah brought about it because that's the approach that that these main parties use and like m- i mean my approach is hey organize everybody everywhere like why are we right. doing this <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking at the new york times demographic thing and like with some of these groups like for instance like i, I don't know may- maybe this is enough but like they literally got the same amount both Trump and Biden got the exact same percentage of people who didn't have a college education. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They both got 49%. Right. So like 
you know, like that would mean some... that, that that the college didn't go to college, like like went to college and hated component of that would be half. Yeah, right. And then there's um, do you work full time for uh, pay? Mm-hmm. Um, no, got 58 percent Biden, 41 percent Trump. How many like, people work? Is... How many people don't work full time? I don't other know. Other than retirees. I think that must be it. Uh-huh. But like, that's not true. Uh-huh. And that's a tough, tough one because of COVID. Yeah. But um, I mean, here's the one that sucks, honestly, um, because it's really close. Um, does your household belong in a labor union? 40% Trump, 57% Biden. Like, yeah, that's a big enough margin to where you could say, okay, you know, one out of five maybe um, will be a Republican or whatever. Or no, yeah. no, it's like it's four out of, I don't know, like four out of six or whatever mm-hmm. will be a Democrat. But like, that's so close that that to me, that is not voting as a, a block. Right. And like, plus, like you as a, you know, as a union have less leverage when you have less political coherency like that, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're mm-hmm. if you're supposed to be as an organization able to marshal your people to vote for their own interests you're, I mean, look, I got a lot of friends that do a lot of really great work in unions all from, you know, elected people in unions to rank and file union members to staffers. Unions, like, definitely, um, there is some kind of disconnect between, and, and again, this is the AFL-CIO, broad, vast federation of unions. And, you know, that doesn't even include all unions either because there are many very great unions that are not members of the AFL-CIO. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 I guess my point here is that there's uh, like why is it that because you can you can say one thing about union folks they are I mean you're almost definitionally working class if you're a member of a union right yeah. a- almost definitionally now it's not obviously yeah. the entire working class but that is one um, that is one sort of summary um, that is one summary sort of like. Um, group statement that I am in that I feel safe making about all union members right yeah now the fact that that so that is a cross-section of a working class that went only 60 40 voting for Biden over Trump I mean you know that's 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 kind of that's kind of an alarming clip if you ask me alarmingly low yeah yeah and like that's how it is among a lot of groups and Mm -hmm. these these trends too there's also sort of this the statistical thing of like well you if you sort of if you look at the uh, sell the acceleration Mm -hmm. and i think that was the reason why the black men demographic was such a big story Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much that it was eight eighteen percent which is Mm -hmm. which is high um but it was really that it doubled that was like a huge that was a you know, so like, again, this is sort of how statistics can be used to create narratives. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's it's I don't know. It's just maybe I'm just really mad at all the takes. Yeah, I'm just tired of all the takes mm-hmm. of like trying to trying to find some like statistic to be like, well, this is definitional to this group yeah. or to this. Party, it's like but... desperately searching to be reductive. Like and when, yeah. when there's not even evidence for that. You're like trying to do reductionism no. and you can't because it's more complicated than that. You oh, can't. it makes me mad. You really can't. Yeah, no, it, it's it makes it makes me mad too. Like the only demographic, honestly, that I saw that like um, 
Like, like here we go. Like literally the only demographic that is making sense um, to be very kind of assistant for Repub Republicans is still their old base sense like the 80s. Are you a white evangelical or white born again Christian? Yeah. And the thing is, I think it's kind of I think part of that is because that's that is an organized base. Yeah. That is a base that has a political coherency. And what would yes, clip, it doesn't what really clip, to me have a very theological consistency, mm -hmm. but it has a political consistency. And what was the numbers on that? Like what was it the the seventy six percent for Republicans. And you know, and, and, like, and again, that's yeah. that's eighteen points higher than mm -hmm. the, the union, you know, group, which is just yep. which is just like that I mean, and again, if you think about that in a certain sense too, uh, mm -hmm. some of those evangelical Christians are potentially, possibly, actually, I mean, almost, almost, I mean, act, one hundred percent certainly, there is a there is a number of them that are union members, and that might be part of what milks Absolutely. it off. But I mean, Absolutely. why, why? So, and unions for sure spend a lot of money. In, in, in order to do get out the vote work and in order to um, to activate their membership to support pro labor candidates and I, there's not a situation in, in America where like the Republicans are doing better than the Democrats for that right mm -hmm. however well maybe I'm wrong on that but but I'm fairly fairly confident in, in saying something like that um, but there's a possibility I'm wrong I'll open to it sure whatever um, however um, but I, I do feel comfortable saying ponderance that Democrats do better than Republicans in terms of workers' rights, uh, and yeah. uh, that's a better it's a better fit. Um, so let me just make a, con a statement that I'll I'll defend. Um, and so, what do you need to do to get the people to support the people that back those policies? And right now, it's not happening. And no. part of the problem is the difference is either A, not stark enough, one, mm -hmm. two, they don't believe either the leadership of their union yeah. or they don't believe the politicians or both, you know, like it's just that, that there's no trust and it, it goes speaks to the dematerialization, right? You're voting on your fifis and, and who you hate. And versus, you know, who you like, and you, know, you sorted out the good people or the bad people, and that's what you're voting on because the material component is dead. It's gone. It ain't there no more. Yeah, and it's you know, and you know, and it's it's hard to know what to do because mm -hmm. the fact that voter turnout was so much higher. And really, the voting totals and the percentages and proportions were incredibly close to 2016. Mm -hmm. Just sort of shifted. There were some shifts, you know, mm -hmm. like with, you know, Latino and black men, and then like white men voted more. It was a lot of dudes rock stuff, I have to mm -hmm. say. A lot of dudes to talk about how the voting shifted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is it's like, it just. I don't know. I just feel um, it's kind of like w one of our tricks to get out of this is not going to work. Which one? And we have d d increased voter turnout. Oh, yeah. 
Like well, it's just not going to work. And I think it can. However, because again, when it comes down to the difference between a primary and a general election, if there is a because because again, only highly in, or not only, but huge, hugely uh, disproportionately highly engaged people uh, who are already engaged in that process are the ones that are more likely to vote in a primary. And if that was put on a general election ballot, and I actually feel quite confident about this, if you're offering something as opposed to, I'm not him, I'm not, I'm not bad, um, yeah. you know, the bubblegum and hard times thing, um, yeah. if you're actually offering something to the broad population and they believe that you can deliver on that or that you will deliver on that then they'll vote for you but what i think happened with bernie and people made this calculation um i think fairly fairly um logically even though like it ended up being self-defeating in the long run like people who might have supported bernie and who were potentially democrats um either thought that he wouldn't be able to do it to 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 get through the policies that he was offering two uh he would be sabotaged and rat fucked and not get an opportunity to do it right. or c they just um they they might not have been registered democrat <laughs> um at yeah. the time which which actually happened to me in 2016 um or or essentially they i mean <laughs> But, but but I guess that that would be the whole point here. This this third point is they g potentially got purged from Democratic voter rolls, which is a strategy. You know, yeah. Democrats want there to be, um, like uh, if if they wanted there to be, um, high turnout for all of the primaries, then they would have open primaries in every state. They don't do right. that. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. they want to maintain. Yeah. The, the, the Democratic leadership specifically uh, and the people in the DNC want to maintain their position within the party. You know, Tom Perez, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the gang, they don't want to give up. I feel like I'm stealing from Sam Cedar with this, but I think he's right on no, that. That's true. It's they, true. They, they the are more of institutions. Yeah, I mean, they want to protect their and... position more than they care about A, winning, and B, like, like B, offering anything. Because I mean, that's what happened with the uh, Labor Party. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, like, I think this is just a reminder. And it's a thing maybe we had to test and maybe we should have known better. But like the Democratic Party's role mm -hmm. um, ideologically is sort of twofold. It's to it's to create a moral, a like moral case for austerity. Mm -hmm. And it's to police the left. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this is kind of why, although I, as, as I said at the start, like I am pro, like I was pro getting, having Biden be president instead mm -hmm. of Trump, because I knew those are the only two options. Right. But also like, and I know Zero you're, seven. you're, you're friendly with him and I don't want to Jeff jeopardize any chance for him to come on. But like Nathan Robinson was mm -hmm. posting some, he was posting some stuff about like how shocked he was that they were punched and left. Even after <laughs> everyone was saying all these nice yeah. things about Biden and how they needed to do it. And I was kind of like, I mean, that's kind of what they do, dude. Let's like, talk about what the punching left was. Let's talk about what yeah. exactly 
um, was which we're talking about when we say that there has been some like left punching coming right out of the, this like in, embarrassment of an election, if you ask me, for. Uh, the people that were in charge, which is the centrists. I mean, like again, they're going to try and be triumphalist about their, um, about their, um, like Biden won, which is yeah. like everything good that, that happened they, is because of them, and everything bad that happened is because one person said defund the the police. Correct. Congrats on congrats on not missing the layup. However, um, exactly. However. Um, there was a conference call where I can't, what was her name? Span it was like uh, somebody Spanberger. Spanberger, an ex ex CIA agent who said never <laughs> cool. talk about socialism again. Which, as if you work for the CIA, that's very much accurate. Well, if you work for the CIA, you always talk about socialism all the time. Right, you have to all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, that happened. You mentioned John Kasich. Um, yeah, he was punching left. He was saying, like, we need to make it as clear as possible to the far left that they almost cost the Democrats this uh, election. Yeah. Which, again, it's like the reasoning is so circular. Claire McCaskill. Claire McCaskill, she like, uh, again, the uh, problem with that was people got too caught up in the fact that she said transsexual instead yeah, of transgender. Democrats are having when, like, a long, hard look in the mirror and telling themselves, yeah. we got to be more racist. Exactly. Yeah, we got to be more racist. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no way out of it. You know, it's just like the thing that, again, this is like one of those things that is like, it's, it's what made me feel kind of icky. Mm -hmm. is seeing all these people while they're being triumphant still making the exact same arguments they've been making for my entire life. Yeah. Everyone, nothing is changing. Even with all this new information and like all these promises, um, nothing is changing. Yeah. Like no argument is changing. No policy is changing. If anything, it, things are going to be getting worse just because of the trajectory. And the mm -hmm. thing I really wanted to mention before we go was Prop 22 in California. Yeah. I think, and I've I've been saying this for a while. Maybe it's just because I worked a giggy. What's Prop Twenty Two for a brief period of time? Prop Twenty Two was a proposition that in um, in California that basically codified into law that gig economy workers. I think in this case it was drivers, like mm -hmm. for Uber and Lyft, do not count as ammo. Ten ninety nines. Yeah, it codified that that is um, that that is how it is, mm -hmm. and that that is okay. And this is one of the biggest failures, and not not failures. They like, spent so much money. Yeah, they they spent so much money. Like they they bought that, mm -hmm. and um, it's very disturbing for a lot of reasons. It's very indicative of the problems with Silicon Valley, sort of the ideology of Silicon Valley, the primitive accumulation that these companies are built on, which is financed all by fake money, you know, mm -hmm. by VC money. These are not profitable companies. They're destroying labor markets. Mm -hmm. And um, it's coming to a state near you. It's coming to a business near mm -hmm. you. And the thing that I find disturbing about it and is a reminder of why, like, I just, I couldn't feel happy about Joe Biden or any of these fucking Democrats, honestly, is because they passed in California. Mm-hmm. California like went for Joe Biden by like you know forty points or something. plus, yeah like like um, uh, so much so much, and like I'm sorry and like obviously I'm very grateful that we finally have a vice president who's not a man, and it's I think it's cool that we have a South Asian vice president. Mm -hmm. Wow, you know that's exciting. 
Um, you love Mamala too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, her fucking family is like in like multiple people, like her brother-in-law and her niece, like mm-hmm. worked on this campaign. And like this is to me as indicative of anything of as much as we will say, oh, mm-hmm. we have to take this as a victory for the left that we got rid of Trump. Oh, we have to speak the names for, of all the people who are on the ground being uh, knocking on doors, doing grassroots organizing. Mm-hmm. I totally hear you. I, uh, I understand the inclination to want to take victories and have celebrations when totally. you can. But the fact of the matter is, is all I can think about is this Prop 22 thing is more indicative of where the actual power in the Democratic Party lies. Yep. It lies in tech, it lies in finance, and it lies in bur- in destroying workers' rights mm-hmm. to be counted as as employees. Yeah. You know, and like I worked a gig economy job between um between n- nanny gigs, and it was hard. Mm-hmm. Like I was sold a bill of bullshit. Uh-huh. It was so much time. Oh, is something going on? Uh, it just sounds weird for a minute. Just keep going. Oh, okay. It just—it's been Still doing okay. that a little bit. It's been uh, okay. having like a part where you would go static for a second and then it would come back. I have oh. no idea what it is. I'm just glad we're able to have a conversation because my other computer is like, yeah, <laughs> it's on—it's on its deathbed. Next time I'll um, yeah, next next time I'll record locally just in case. It's all good. But um, but just like. I was sold a bill of goods with this thing, helper, mm-hmm. about how you're going to make $30 an hour doing these babysitting gigs and stuff. And first off, I'm a man, so I already got – I had to I had to make calls to people. Mm-hmm. The second they heard my voice, they wrote back saying, I don't want a, I don't want a man mm-hmm. watching my uh, baby, even though they promised me I would have that, that I would be fine mm-hmm. with that. So that already – there's some, dis, dis, you know, it, employer discrimination going on there. I, don't I'm these people gonna, realize gonna, that dudes rock? I know, right? Um, and uh, you know, uh, maybe if they heard this, thing, I'm not sure if they would want to hire. You know, but like, you know, that, and then you know, I, I had to spend like an hour basically in interviewing mm-hmm. for a forty dollar gig. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, um, and I would still have to drive to these mm-hmm. places. I obviously wouldn't be paid for my time or my gas mm-hmm. or the wear on my car you know like like there are all these little ways that these jobs as you are not an employee as you are just a you know a 1099 you just don't have a lot of rights no and And, you you don't have health insurance you don't have any benefits you don't have anything anything nothing you don't you don't pay into social security you don't pay you don't pay into anything you just get screwed and like I was thinking a, uh, about this because you know my uh, wife is going into graphic design. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's almost done with her program. Good job, baby. And like I think that's probably in many ways, you know, as the world dematerializes, uh, mm-hmm. graphic design will become more important because that'll be the more of the physical world. But mm-hmm. like I then, um, as I kind of followed some of this gig economy changes and the changes in the labor market, I mm-hmm. learned a little bit about Amazon Mechanical Turk, which is kind of like, like Fiverr. Um, it's very oddly named. It's named yeah, this, like nineteenth century um, chess playing automaton that um, was looked like a Turkish man. Very weird. Very weird to name your 
it's very strange but um basically what it is is it's like it's for tech people to do little minuscule like coding jobs or little minuscule graphic design. So yeah, it's like it's like DoorDash or whatever or Postmates mm -hmm. or, or yeah, uh, Delivery.com exactly. or like all of these mm -hmm. fucking yeah. things that just Yeah, which are all these gig economy things, uh -huh. you know, they don't they don't even get a vehicle, you know, these uh -huh. people they have to pay for their internet, they have to pay for all the equipment they need and it's a return of 19th century piecemeal work mm -hmm. where you are only being paid for your finished for the finished product and this is a kind of work that was outlawed due to the labor movement this is yep. a kind of work that has been viewed as one of the most exploitative models mm -hmm. of work especially for like in sort of as capitalism grew and became more of what it is in more industrial in that time period there was a lot of like home craftsmen mm -hmm. this is how those people were fucked mm -hmm. and this is what's recreating we are we are back in the 19th century in so many ways with some of these things and the fact that the democrats um are so enmeshed mm -hmm. with some that. with some of these 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 forces that are behind things like proper 20 to 2 it's not mm -hmm. it's not just uber it's not just amazon it's just sort of these industries as, as a whole mm -hmm. makes me extremely cautious about mm -hmm. any of this stuff and you know like i've seen how tech has put a bunch of money into my city and how that is not helping people no and you know, fact, like uh, there is like, a huge disparity. There's, there's how many? Of, I mean, it's like more poor people in Seattle than most other cities. Yeah, or the wealth I mean, divide it, is pretty goddamn. It's stark. huge. It's huge. We also have like literally like three of the richest people in the world. Yeah. But yes, yes, like it. It is a. It is. A, we're trying to buy a house, and like, give me a break. Just mm -hmm. thinking about having a kid. Oh man, you know, mm -hmm. and like we're lucky. If somebody said, "I'm a I." I could do childcare work, mm -hmm. honestly. But like, you know, this is the few, like this is what's really coming. Mm -hmm. Like, like we can talk about Trump and we can talk about the Cheeto in chief, but like this is why I'm glad that we're done with with him. Yeah. Because it took up so much space. Mm -hmm. Because this, this and sort of the a new hegemon, a new global hegemon coming in the form of China. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna be sinophobic about it because in a lot of ways, China is, let's admit, let's be honest, you're handling some stuff better than us. Sorry. Uh, you know, COVID for um, one. <laughs> COVID for one, right? Yeah. You know, um, and um, the, the Belt and Road thing is a very, it's it's a interesting, I mean, honestly, you know, some people say maybe, I don't know if you could say it's, the, it's like the Marshall Plan, but if the Marshall Plan helped make mm -hmm. uh, Western Europe a home for capitalism, the Belt and Road is making that peer, that part of the world. It's multiple regions. I can't even say exactly uh -huh. which one. It's making it into a market for China. You yeah. know, are you saying um, are you saying that you're a sinophile? Then I'm <laughs> not a sign. Not a not a dangest. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> let's be real about these people. Let's let's be real about this stuff. And like, when you like said dangus, by the way, I had initially heard dingus. <laughs> dingus. Well, you know. I'm not going to say anything about that because I, again, I am, I am, I'm, I'm trying to lay a, a, a like, no, we're, we're making friends here. We're making friends trail here. of like, of like, I am like, hey, hey, China, you know, <laughs> I went to China in 2006. I went to Tibet. How they was deserve it? it. They, they deserve it. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I'm going to isolate that clip and just yeah, exactly. cancel the world over. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the, the Dalai Lama, he's a, he's a punk. All right. 
I watched that Nexium documentary. <laughs> he was giving those Nexium people a lot of attention. <laughs> so maybe they have a point. Maybe they have a point. Oh my god! Okay. I wanted to finish okay, this also- up, by the way. Um, with because you got me laughing and it got me thinking. I was texting you and Benny the other day, and I was like, you know what, I miss more than anything right now. You know what, we need to, to at least like perspectivize this Michael Brooks and Nation of Islam Obama and right wing, oh right wing, uh, MLK, and just like yeah. all of those great, uh, oh my nation. God. Could you? Uh-huh. Could you imagine the material he could get from the like doubling of African American men voting for Trump? <laughs> by the way, yeah, right wing like Mandela that... would just have a field day with that. <laughs> I miss, I miss him so much. I miss him. I miss him so much. Um, I didn't mean to bring you yeah. down with that, but it's no, just no, no, like... no, no, no. It's a true. It's true. I'm, I'm not gonna do that impression. I never could, and I no. never will. But um, I will not do impressions. Period. Um, that is not my thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it is true. There's, um, we, you know, and just, just in general, like, you know, I think a lot of people, like, Alex Trebek died. Oh, you know? like, today Alex Trebek died. Like today died. Yeah. I mean, he announced he had, he had cancer, pancreatic yeah. cancer like six months ago or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, Very sad. yeah, you know, like we are in a time of death in a culture of death mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm I'm glad I was able to kind of sponge some demons with you, Jeff. Yeah, man, I just I don't know that again. That prop of twenty two thing, people. I'm telling you, uh-huh. that is the future. That is the future of the economy, of politics, and that is like still we got to find a way to create some labor pressure in that sector because that is the future of a lot of the people's employment. Mm-hmm. We have to find a way. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is like one of the hardest employment arrangements I've ever seen. And honestly, like, I mean, the way that things are going, I mean, like how can we even organize in that space? Not saying that it's not possible because it's yeah. been done before. No, it's been done before. How do you mm-hmm. do it? Is the question. Yeah, I mean, I'm in an I'm in a field which is not exactly a gig economy field, but we also don't have um, um, representation. It's yeah, we don't have rep- representation. We have a lot of these um, these structural barriers because mm-hmm. we work independently. Even if we go through an agency, mm-hmm. we don't work in the same physical place. We don't even we're not even like mm-hmm. letter carriers. We go to the same place and then we go out. Mm-hmm. You know, like. So how I said letter carrier, not mailman. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, um, pretty uh, cool. How, but... how about what about um, like like what, what if there was just like a way to have like a home? Like I'm just sort of like thinking in terms of like because I mean yeah, it, that almost like like when you think about the trades and like like a lot of them are essentially with contractors like and Mm -hmm. and they they have you know basically signed to get them to sign on the benefits and and all those i'm not exactly like a hundred percent on how that whole thing functions but maybe that's the the model that would have to be that has to be the model that's how i think about tech all the time too like right now the way because there's so many like little um (laughs) like small groups that are that are tech based it would have to be something it would have to look something like like contractor trades you know building i think 
I think part of it, and this might be changing um, as uh, childcare work is changing, but mm -hmm. it's um, for a lot of people, a lot of nannies are people who are, do not do this work for mm -hmm. the, their entire professional life or even yeah. for like a, a decade. You know, so that creates a lot of transient kinds of laborers. And there's mm -hmm. also some tension between like, you know, college, college, college girls. It's almost always girls. Mm -hmm. um, it's gendered, gendered, female, you know, right? yeah, whatever. Sorry, mm -hmm. I, I, I shouldn't. I know it what you mean. Really matter, I don't know like what you mean. It's a gendered like, field, you know, of, 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 of people who are like doing this as like a side gig. Yeah. Um, who are basically just doing their homework when they're watching kids versus someone like me who's basically trying to recreate a preschool totally. for three kids, you know, mm -hmm. like it's a very diff different thing, but I believe we can find sol solidarity in it. It's just, yeah. how do we find that, you know? Yeah, um, 100%. And we, we got to find a way to do it beyond a like local Facebook page. Yeah, there's know? not going to be like a killer app have, that solves this problem. Yeah, there's exactly. not going to be a killer app that solves this problem. There's not going to be like a, a Quibi for uh, <laughs> for yeah, exactly. for organizing the working well, class. Quibi was only a killer app for PEO, people's investments. Yeah. So well, I just wanted to make a Quibi joke on the I way know. out. <laughs> I know, I know. Meg Whitman, front runner for Commerce. Uh, oh Harry. my God! Yeah, I have to admit. Um, although I'm I'm past my uh, be a grudging anger at the uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, it is very funny to think that she'll be overlooked for the person who made Quibi. Zero percent chance. Like she, like I don't want to get into it. I guess maybe I do, but like just the the the, the way that like she just constantly like is so thirsty for like validation by like mainstream Democrats while trying to position herself as like a, a like a leftist or a progressive or whatever uh, is really, really kind of sad to see in a, in a real sense, you know, it makes you mad. Yeah. And then like, yeah. like, like the, the good thing and you know, I'm just going to talk about my boy again and we know he ain't going to be labor secretary. Just get that out of your minds already. Come on now. Uh, we're we more shouldn't even to have, make like, that into a thing that could be viewed as a chip to us. I honestly. only, I, I only do that to fuck with people. Like I don't want to talk about it. I do it to fuck with people. But anyway, yeah. um, he You've been doing a lot of like, that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> having a lot of fun, having a lot of fun. Love it. Um, anyway, uh, Bernie, at least, like when he still, even when he was like doing the whole like we got to vote for Biden thing or whatever, he wasn't doing it pretending he's going to get anything or hopeful that he's going to get anything out of the deal. He is very, very, very don't give a fuck. This is the thing that needs to happen. And that's a pretty good lead to follow, I think. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And, you know, we'll that's going to help him in his campaign for the presidency in 2024. Mm. <laughs> it's going to happen, folks. He's running. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. No, it's it's probably who, who knows. I am not. I'm, you know, after the past few primaries, I think I'm like done. I'm going to I'm. The only uh, primary I'm going to care about for a long time is going to be our mm -hmm. mayoral primary here, or really our my mayoral yeah, election because mm -hmm. of our the election system. But um, it's going to be very interesting. I think we're going to have a few. We're, we're going to have a lot of takeaways. Kel Brooks. The upcoming. Kel Brooks said this on a Jacobin uh, mm -hmm. show recently, and he said that he wants Bernie to run in 2024, whether or not 
he even has a chance to win because when mm-hmm. Bernie runs, he actually does do the work of organize, like like building organized like working class like, like working class and socialist organizations. And I think yeah, yeah, for no other reason than that, he should run. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. I don't know. I mean, who knows, man? Maybe. Um... I have no idea. I can't. I can't even think about it. I just always want to talk about the presidency because it's the only thing that's important. I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. It's the only thing that matters is the presidency. Like, it's all. That's it. That's the only thing. Yeah. Well, that is what how the media speaks to us. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, a... I'm the next John King. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So, apparently, that thing that was going around uh, about him having Pornhub in his tab... That was that was fake. I really wish that was real. Yeah, that I really wish that was real, but no, fake. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, Ben. As always, yeah, we're gonna uh, probably release this one immediately. It probably won't go away a radio, but uh, we had a lot of cursing in here, which is cool. Um, but anyway, you can listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIV FM. Uh, you can also listen to your show. Yes, RDB. Uh, I have. RDB Red Diaper Baby. Uh, it's my new show about capitalism and childcare and everything in between with me and a fellow nanny friend here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, just released an episode with uh, Brian Quinby <laughs> from old Street Fight. Lo- love Brian. A big old sweetie that yeah. guy is. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. He just came on. We talked about being a parent. Um, we also have an episode sort of about the, the history of uh, child care, sort of from the birth of sort of industrial cap capitalism to mm-hmm. now. Um, talked about social reproduction theory, which in that episode, that's my personal favorite because I uh, revealed um, some things I tried to do when I was single that were very, <laughs> very sad. Very sad. Um, your favorite, you, your favorite yeah. is like owning yourself. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. It's fun. I'm, I'm like, I'm distant. It, it's been like ten years now, uh, so like, I'm distant enough from that time in my life where I could fully make fun of it. See, that's how it's we can not tell. Sad anymore. That's how you can tell that you're not fully Catholic because, like, when you feel something about something that happened nope. when you were a kid, you feel bad about mm. it forever. Yeah. No. 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 I really am not. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Nana. She was a real Catholic. <laughs> oh my God, my nana would be over the moon about Joe Biden. That's a whole other story. Oh yeah, she was. She, she. This, this is what I want to end on, if you don't mind. Uh-huh. Um, she, she died in two thousand six, but so like I was sort of a politically aware, a little precocious tween, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember in two thousand four, she was living with us. She was recovering from breast uh, mm-hmm. cancer, um, and we we watched a lot of stuff about the two thousand four race too. Uh, gather um swift boat yeah yeah that time she was she was you know she was from you know she's like a catholic lady from i like irish german catholic from wichita fall texas <laughs> but she would just always go you know ben that john Kerry, that is the most handsome man i've ever seen and i could not <laughs> figure out why because uh, he looks... he's a wasp yeah, I guess I, I don't know. It was like this, like weird, like it's it's like he looks like a gargoyle Kennedy. So yeah. like, yeah. she must have just gotten like some 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 thing well, from that. But uh, Madeline, Madeline Brown, I'm shout I'm shouting you out. Hell yeah, Madeline. Hell yeah, Madeline Brown. Maybe it had something to Love do with you. like the. Uh, maybe it had something to do with like the you know the Vietnam War stuff. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. 
I don't I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just like Maybe I'm just like on some shit. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Love Sorry. you, Nana. <laughs> love you, Nana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Check out Good Morning Comrade. Check out Red, Red Diaper Baby. Patreon.com. Good Morning Comrade. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ben. You're the best. Thank you. Always Thank great to you, have buddy. you. Thank you, buddy. You're the best. All right. Well, uh, love you, everybody. Bye. Bye.